Amen. Well, good morning. Uh, I want to say a particular welcome to those of you who are new here this morning. My name is Alex, and uh, I'm one of the pastors here. We are thrilled if you're joining us here for the first time, whether you're with family uh, and in town, kind of visiting, or you're just local in the community and making your way here. We're so, so glad that you are here again. And even if you're online, thanks for joining us this morning. What we are all about is connecting, connecting people to God, to each other, so we can engage our world for good together. We hope you experience a little bit of all those things here today. Christmas Eve straight ahead. How many of you ready for Christmas? You ready? Yes? How many of you are not ready for Christmas? You're like, yeah, uh, yeah, I see plenty of that as well. Hey, Christmas Eve, straight ahead, two services on Saturday, 4 and 5.30, our most invitable service of the year. Who has God put in your life to, you could invite? If you're a regular around here and you're in town, who has God put in your life that you could invite uh, in person, over text, over email, to come and join us for our Christmas Eve celebration. It is the most invitable service of the year. And then the next morning, Christmas morning, 10 a.m. here, uh, to be in the lobby. Brian Emmett's leading that. Thanks so much to Brian for taking that. That's going to be unstaffed, no kids ministry. Show up in your Christmas jammies, hang out, come and worship, carols. It's a great place, particularly if you feel like, uh, I don't know where I go. I'm not sure kind of where my place is. It's a great place to kind of come and uh, connect and be a part of what God's doing here. A, a, a sweet, uh, delightful service. Thanks so much again for Brian for hosting that. This is week four of our series called Unspeakable Joy, Getting Ready for Christmas. And if you're just joining us, we've been talking about the reality that it is very possible to live in the reality of this broken world, all the challenges, all the ups and downs, and at the same time, be anchored in a deeper joy. Like it's possible to experience the challenges of life in this world. And again, and, and you know your challenges, you know the things that you're carrying into today. Uh, and, and at the same time, be rooted in the good news that all shall be well. But you don't get there accidentally, right? You don't drift into that. You don't drift into accidentally being a person of joy, even in the midst of the ups and downs of the challenges of life. So what we've been doing for the whole month of December is getting in the gym, working out. Every Sunday morning in the gym, working on our joy muscles, developing, sort of uh, cultivating a life where joy actually is the center of our lives and that we know that joy even in the midst of the challenges that we all face. Now today we're lighting the peace candle there on the uh, Advent wreath and uh, I have to confess, well, peace is kind of a cool world, right? A cool word. People like peace, especially around Christmas time, the peace of Christmas and all that kind of thing. Here's my true confession. In my early 20s, I thought peace was a pitiful word. Didn't like it that much. I thought peace, okay, I'm confessing this. I thought peace was a word that people liked who didn't want to work too hard or didn't want to win. That was my true confessions. And then later in my late 20s, I was around a bunch of people who were like really deep and gifted in prayer. And so I was developing in my prayer life and growing my prayer life and trying to mature a little bit in my prayer life. And, uh, and one stream of prayer is called listening prayer, where you just say, God, do you have a scripture, a word, or an image, or a phrase that you want to speak to me? And then you shut up, which is the hard part for me. So I'm not good at this. I'm not good at being quiet, but I'm like, okay, I'll give this a shot, right? Okay. So God, do you have a scripture, a word, or an image, or a phrase that you want to speak to me? And then I tried to be quiet. I think I was quiet for 0.8 seconds. That's about all I could do. That's all that God needed. And the word that came immediately was peace. And I was so bummed. I felt like the word peace was like, it was like the consolation prize on the price is right, right? You didn't win, but you got a year supply of rice and peace. Like that was what that felt like to me. So I kept asking for words, like, can I play through this word or something else? And the, the word kept coming, peace, peace, peace. It was the word that kept coming. And as I sat with that word and as it kept coming back to me, I sat with it and I prayed about it and I kind of wrestled with it. And I realized, uh, as I sat with it, I realized how much I needed God's peace. I realized how anxious I was and sometimes still am. I realized how driven I was and 
sometimes still am. I realized how easily kind of rattled or frustrated I was and sometimes still am. The word I didn't want turned out to be the word that I needed. And then the longer I sat with it, the more I realized it wasn't just me who needed the word peace. I realized I was swimming in a sea of anxiety. Any of you know anyone that's anxious? Any of you feel anxious today? Any of you battled the anxiety of joblessness, medical stuff, family situations? Any of you know people who felt the peacelessness of divorce and broken family relationships, the loss of a loved one? Like, this word peace, it wasn't just a nice fluffy word that for people who didn't want to work too hard, it was actually a gift to me. And if I could become a non-anxious presence in an anxious world, that would have been a gift not just to me, but to the, all the people around me. Turns out that peace is one of the things that our world so desperately needs in an anxious, sort of peaceless, restless state that it is. The Christmas story is full of the word peace. It's just all over the place. And today, we're going to enter into a story that invites us into the path of peace. And today, whether you're excited about Christmas or kind of like just not in the place, like not in the Christmas spirit, or some of you are just ambivalent, right? Ambivalent about God, spiritual stuff, Christmas, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter to you. Today, there's a good news. There's an invitation to everyone into a real peace and a real joy that takes all the broken pieces of our lives and this world and puts them back together again in a way that is good for you and the world around you. And this morning, I want to invite all of us, no matter where you are spiritually, to enter into the good news. There is a God who has come to bring in his peace and to guide you into the paths of peace, no matter what's going on in the, in the world around you or in your life. We're going to be in the uh, passage of scripture that tells the story of the celebration of Jesus and, and the birth narrative. If you're brand new to the church, brand new to the Bible, so glad you're here. There's four accounts of Jesus' life. Only one of them do we get the, the birth story, the Christmas story. It's in the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke is what Linus reads in the Charlie Brown Christmas special, so you know it's legit, right? So mixed in with the, the, the narrative in Luke uh, about Jesus' birth, there's another miracle baby being born. His cousin John. John's born to Zachariah and Elizabeth, super old, no kids, and God miraculously gives them this baby John. And so, and so John's born a few months before Jesus, and the, his parents, Zachariah and Elizabeth, they know he's sent by God for a specific task, but they also know about Mary's baby, going to come a few months later. And they know that Mary's baby is even greater and a greater miracle than the baby that they are carrying. And so Zachariah and Elizabeth are at John's naming ceremony. Eight days after he's born, there's a big naming ceremony. And Zachariah bursts into song. Now the interesting thing about Zachariah's song, which we're going to read in a little bit, is Zachariah's song, there his baby's eight days old, he's super old, they always wanted this baby, and the song he starts with, the, the line he starts with, the baby he praises at the very beginning is not his own baby, but the baby Mary is carrying. It's going to come in a few months from now, because maybe when the Holy Spirit, when God's Spirit fills us, it frees us from jealousy and envy. Wouldn't that be a great gift? Like when God's Spirit falls on us, we're able to celebrate other people and celebrate what God's doing in other people's lives, even if their blessing looks greater than ours. Zechariah, dad to eight-day-old John, super old, baby he's always wanted. He sings a song over his own son, but he starts by declaring the good news of what God's doing with Mary's baby, born a few months from this moment. This is uh, Luke 1, starting in verse 67. John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He's raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he said through his prophets, holy prophets of long ago, salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show mercy to our ancestors 
and to remember his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. Well, I am old enough to remember life before the internet. Anyone, anyone else with me? Who else remembers life before the internet? Yes, a few, a few of you. A few of you have no idea what I'm talking about. But most of us, yes, have some recollection of life before the internet. And I remember the first time I saw a website on a commercial. I'm watching a football game with friends, right? Watching a football game with friends. There's a Budweiser commercial. There's the big Budweiser like, logo at the very end of the 30-second spot. Budweiser logo, and then dong, dong, and they pop up their website. And I'm there with a group of friends going, are you kidding me? Is this what's going to happen from here on out? Or is every company going to have a website? Who would do that? Who would even go to this stupid website? Can you imagine a world where every company has got a website? What a waste of time. See, sometime around 1990, a bunch of computer nerds got computers talking to each other. No idea. No idea how it would change all of our lives. And some people saw what was happening and still thought it was stupid. Who's going to care about what computer nerds are doing in a computer lab with two different computers talking to each other? Some people saw what was happening and didn't get it. And other people did see what's happening and understood this has potential. This could change everything. Even if they didn't know the specifics. Even if they didn't know how Google was going to come along and how it was all going to make sense. They knew that this thing could change and revolutionize the world. Listen, throughout the Christmas story, there's people who are going to see these babies. They look like normal babies. And there's people who are going to see these babies and say, oh, cute baby. And some people who are going to see and say, this is going to change everything. All over the world, there are going to be people, including some of you, who are going to celebrate Christmas and not see Christmas. All over the world, people are going to celebrate Christmas and not see that God has done something to change everything. And this morning, my plea with you, especially those of you for whom, like, blah, 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 Christmas, God, Jesus, blah, blah, blah. My, my prayer for you is that you might not miss Christmas this year. That you might not celebrate it, but still not see it, not enter into it. Zachariah is there with his baby, eight days old. And he celebrates, not his own baby, but the baby that God's coming and Jesus Christ, the, the baby that is on the way through Mary and what God's doing in and through Mary. He doesn't just see these babies as cute as they are. He says, God is doing something totally new. Now remember Zechariah's context. He's in Israel. Israel's been uh, an overwhelmed and conquered people for 400 years. And God has been totally silent 400 years. It's almost like God didn't care. And what Zechariah says here in this song is that Jesus is God coming to show us he cares to do something totally new. And the words tumble out. The phrases pop on and pile up over and over and over again. Zechariah sings this. He has come to his people to redeem them. He sings salvation from our enemies, from the hand of all who hate us. He says to show mercy to our ancestors, to remember his holy covenant. Anytime God remembers something, it's like he's putting the pieces back together again. Remembering, taking broken pieces remembering them, re-putting them back together again to rescue us from the hand of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear. Zechariah declares after 400 years of God seemingly not caring at all about God's people, he says God's come to redeem, save, remember, rescue, show mercy. Aren't these beautiful words? Aren't they great words of hope, grace? Redeem, save, remember. Rescue, show mercy, redeem, save, remember, rescue, show mercy. God is on the move in Jesus. 
to do these things, not just for people of Israel 2,000 years ago. Christ has come to work out these things in your life too. These themes, these threads, these notes. This is, this is the, these are the notes that Jesus is sounding and introducing into a weary, broken world to bring this kind of power, this kind of energy to a weary and broken world. And he comes to a people of Israel who have been conquered people, circumstances beyond their ability to control, right? Zechariah is, is a man in a conquered nation for 400 years. He's got no power, no political power, no ability to change his circumstances, no ability to sort of change the situation. There are things up against that he's up against circumstantially. He's no power to control. He says, God is on the move. And this morning, if you're coming into Christmas 2022 and you feel like all these circumstances I got no control over, financially, medically, family drama, heartache, difficulties, if there's stuff coming at you, like I don't have any control over these things, I've been sent here to tell you some really, really good news. God has come in Jesus to rescue you, redeem you, to show mercy, to save. It's what Jesus has come to do. And it's not a TED talk, right? It's not sort of like four or five steps to get your life together. Joy and peace that Jesus has come to sort of introduce to the world, it's a person. His name is Jesus. The rescuer is a person. It's not a theory. It's not an action plan for life, although it comes with teaching that you follow in order to sort of know this life. What it is, is a person. His name is Jesus. It's not some hallmark sort of sentimental movie of like believe in the power of Christmas or the wonders of humanity or some other kind of trite kind of sentimental sort of thing. It is concrete. It's real. It puts on flesh and blood. It walks. It laughs. He breathes. He bleeds. He suffers. He experiences all the ups and downs of this life to redeem all the ups and downs of this life. His own dad dies at a young age. He experiences slander, gossip, rumors, betrayal by one of his best friends. He's executed at the hands of an unjust government. How is God going to redeem and renew and save the world to show mercy to the world? He's going to put on flesh and he's going to enter into the human experience to reintroduce joy to humanity to make joy a possibility once again, to make peace a possibility once again. In the midst of all the ups and downs of Jesus' life, he never loses sight of the love of God's good grace to him. He never loses sight of the love of the Father for him. And so he walks in that grace and he walks in that love all his days and he turns to you and says, this is possible. You can know joy, you can know peace, you can know the love of a father, no matter the heartache or the circumstances you're, you're faced or challenged because God has come to bring rescue and redemption to the world, and that rescue comes as we hold on to Jesus. That rescue comes as we walk with Jesus. That rescue comes in a person who has come to rescue and redeem and renew all of us. There is a great woman in our community. Her name is Kathy. Kathy, a couple years ago, went in to have a not fun, but not crazy risky surgery. Kathy went through the surgery okay, came home, and thing, then things got bad, and then things got scary bad. She raced back to the hospital. There were complications from the surgery. She went septic, near death, coded like cardiac arrest on the table. And for days and days, she hovered between semi-consciousness and death. Her husband, Rick, says it was between eight and 10 days where she was hanging by a thread. No idea what was gonna happen. Kathy, of course, had no idea where she, where she was, what was going on. But here's what Kathy remembers. Kathy remembers trying to wake up and here's the story she tells. I was trying to wake up, and the first thing I remember or heard was this Bible verse. I can do all things through Christ. That's Philippians 4. It's the first thing she heard or remembers. Now, here's the thing about Kathy. Kathy's a wonderful human being. Right, Kathy? You're a wonderful human being. 
but Kathy's not a Bible nerd. Kathy's not a Bible nerd. She doesn't go around quoting Bible verses all the time. She doesn't have this like bumper sticker on her forehead. She doesn't like, this isn't tattooed on her arm. This isn't like a thing that's a part of her life. Like she, she loves God, loves, loves Jesus, loves scripture, but Bible nerd, not your middle name, right, Kathy? Blessings on you. No. She's like, I, she's like, I think I heard this somewhere. I'm sure I heard this somewhere. I've been in church a long time, but this verse was not something that was, I was fluent in, but she said to me, listen, she said, she said I must have repeated it a million times. Over and over and over again. I wasn't choosing to say those words. Those words were given to me to sustain me, to hold me close to Jesus. See, in the balance between life and death a couple of years ago, Kathy was given the good news of the Christmas rescue, that Christ has come to bring power and strength and to deliver people from the hands of enemies, all those who hate us, even the grip of death has no power over us. These words that she could do all things through Christ kept Kathy alive in her dark days and then walked with her one day at a time, one day at a time, one day at a time as she walked the long road to healing. And now Kathy has this beautiful armband she wears all the time. I can do all things through Christ. She wears this all the time. She carries extra bands around with her for anyone who's in trouble. She just gives them away. She's like, she's like Zachariah. Anyone that will hear her story, she's going to tell it and tell it and retell it. She's just going to give this away and, and invite people to know the strength of Christ that can sustain you even when you're on death's doorstep. She delights to declare the good news, to be an instrument of grace and peace and the Christmas rescue. She tells that story to anyone who will listen. Because just like Zachariah, she's seen God move. She's seen the power of God at work in her life. She's experienced a taste of that Christmas rescue played out in her life in a hospital bed on some really, really dark, scary, hard days. And Christ has come to redeem, to rescue. God has sent his son, Zechariah declares it this way, to rescue us from the hand of our enemies, to enable us to serve him without fear. Would you read that with me here and at home? Would you read that together? To rescue us from the hand of our enemies, and to enable us to serve him without fear. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Wouldn't it be wonderful to live a fearless life? Wouldn't it be delightful to know that rescue had come? That rescue had come that you might be able to no longer live anxious, fearful, afraid of whatever your enemies are, right? Whatever challenges you might be facing. And that doesn't mean those things just magically go away. But it means that God has come ultimately to deliver us and rescue us, to work out that rescue. Today, if you're in a fearful spot, if you feel surrounded by enemies, maybe fear isn't your go-to, maybe anger is your go-to. What if you could serve and live your life without anger or fear the rest of your life, all your days? Wouldn't that be a great gift? Christmas has come. Jesus has come. Zechariah declares that God has come to deliver us from all our enemies, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, your in-laws, your kids going off the rails, all the things that, all the challenges that come at you, God has come to rescue you, to work out his rescue, to enable you to serve God all your days without any fear. And the best place to start, Zachariah declares, is Jesus. As he's celebrating his eight-day-old baby, he says, there's another baby coming who's come to deliver us, to rescue us, that we might serve God without fear. Zachariah sees something, but he really sees the remarkable thing. Mary's baby is on the way. And then he turns to his own child. He turns to his own child as he continues to sing this prophecy uh, about Jesus and about his own child. Here's what he says about his own baby in verse 76. Zechariah says this over John. And you, my child, will be called a prophet of the Most High. For you will go on before the Lord to prepare the way for him, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. 
because of the tender mercy of our God, by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven, to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the path of peace. You know, there's a lot of discussion in our country about how polarized we are. There's a lot of discussion about how polarized we are, but there's one area of polarization that has not been addressed that I want to surface today, right here, December 18th, 2022. We need to deal with an area of polarization that is very important, and that area of polarization is Christmas lights, tacky Christmas lights. How many of you love tacky Christmas lights? Amen? Yes, I see those hands. There's a house under there somewhere, I promise. This guy actually won the Fairfax County Tackiest Light Show. He won in Northern Virginia. That's fantastic. How many of you hate Christmas lights with a passion like this? How many of you are like, this is so gross, so terrible? How many of you hate this? Yes, I see a few angels like, oh, this will be okay. Okay, listen. We bring people together here at Chatham Community Church. That's what we do. We bring people together. Republicans and Democrats are here. Duke, Carolina, and NC State people are here. Even vinegar-based barbecue, ketchup-based barbecue, and you weird mustard-based barbecue people from South Carolina. All y'all are welcome here. And today, Christmas light lovers and Christmas light haters all invited to come together to celebrate the good news that God in his mercy has shined his light on Christmas morning to shine a light. Study after study shows how darkness affects us, right? Days get shorter, we get more cranky, more irritable, depression rates rise, anxieties rise, we get a little bit more thin, less resilient. Uh, this happened to me over the years. Uh, I get a little, little kind of Eeyore-ish sometimes when days get darker. My wife got me a little happy lamp a number of years ago to sit in front of. It was a gift for me and a gift for her that I would not be quite as moody and cranky when the days got shorter. Zechariah declares that God in his mercy in Jesus has turned on the Christmas lights because of the tender mercy of our God by which the rising sun will come to us from heaven to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death. My friends, at Christmas what we celebrate is that God in his mercy turns on the Christmas lights that we might rise. God in his mercy turns on the Christmas lights that we might Rise, step up, wake up, come out of the darkness into his marvelous light. Step out of a life of anxiety and worry that you might rise. Step out of a life that, step into salvation, into rescue. Step out of a life, a life on autopilot. Wake up, go to work, take care of the kids. Re repeat, repeat, repeat. Do a little fun thing, a vacation, a trip. Numb out in front of screens. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Maybe drink a little too much here and there. Repeat, repeat, repeat. My friends, there's more to life than this. God in his mercy turns on the Christmas lights, that you might wake up, rise, come into life, come out of darkness, come out of the shadow, come out of life on autopilot and repeat, come out of life uh, that's apart from the life of God. God in his mercy turns on the Christmas lights that we might live a life that's bigger than, than we could ever imagine. My friends, there's more to life than this. There's more to life than this. More life than just things that you can touch, see, feel. There's a larger, huge world of love, grace, truth, justice, righteousness, beauty, hope opened up for you and for me on Christmas Day. Maybe you know this world. Even if you're not a religious person, maybe you've touched this world before. Maybe you've experienced moments of transcendence, of real joy, of deep peace. And maybe there's a part of you that wishes, gosh, I wish I could have more of that. Maybe, maybe, just maybe you've hoped at some point that there was more to life than wake up, go to work, take care of the family, do the things, check the boxes, whatever. Maybe, my friends, all those hopes are realized on Christmas morning. All those hopes are realized on Christmas day. God in his, in his tender mercy turns on the Christmas lights. He says to you, he says to me, Alex, Raquel, Rachel, Liz, time to wake up. Time to wake up. 
Time to rise, time to shine, time to give God the glory. There is life, there is peace, there is joy available to you. Rise. And here's the great thing. These Christmas lights, they're incredibly resilient. Remember back in the day, one light bulb burnt out, the whole thing went out, remember that? Oh yeah, that's so annoying, the whole, the whole strand went out. Here's the crazy thing about these Christmas lights. For the last 2,000 years, all kinds of people haven't liked these Christmas lights. All kinds of governments, all kinds of people poured billions of dollars, billions of hours, billions of pages trying to deconstruct to snuff out those Christmas lights. But my friends, unlike those annoying Christmas strands that went out with one light bulb, these lights are just resilient. And in spite of everyone's best efforts, all kinds of people's best efforts, the Christmas light just rolls on and on and on and on and on. And today, 2,000 years later, against all odds, completely improbably, this Christmas light shines almost every nation, almost every culture, almost every language. Today, every 30 minutes or so, a new language comes on board, a new culture comes on board, a new group of people declaring the praises of God's marvelous light, singing the Christmas carols, singing their own Christmas carols, celebrating the good news. The light has come, and we are invited to enter in to the joy of Christmas, the power of this light now, the problem with light is sometimes it exposes stuff. Kids, your parents ever come in and turn on the lights and show you how to, what a disaster your room is? Kids, your parents ever come in and it's like, turn on every single light, like, look at this place, it's a mess. Is that what God's doing? Why does God turn on the lights? What's he turning on the light for? He turns on the light to tell us, to show us, as Zechariah declares, to guide our feet into the path of, and there's our word for today, peace. Peace. That word for peace Hebrew word we love around here, we say it all the time, it's not a warm, fuzzy kind of thing, it's shalom. Shalom just means everything's good, well-being in every possible direction. It means spiritual health, emotional health, financial health, political health, social health, family health, everything well, everything good. 360 degree flourishing at every level. Everywhere Jesus goes, there is shalom in his wake. My prayer for Chatham Community Church is that we would be a community of people who are saturated with Jesus, learning about Jesus, following Jesus, and because Jesus is at the center of it all, that everywhere we go, there might be shalom in our wake as well. If you don't have a church home, we invite you to come be a part of this community of Jesus followers who are doing what we can to learn from Jesus, to walk in the way of Jesus, and to be people of shalom, healing, transformation. See, God in his mercy turns on the Christmas lights not to shame us or show us how bad we are, although there's stuff we gotta deal with, there's sin we gotta deal with, there's brokenness we gotta deal with. He turns on the Christmas lights so that we might rise and walk in the paths of peace. God in his mercy turns on the Christmas lights that we might rise and walk in the paths of peace. To experience it ourselves and then to be an instrument of it. To be a non-anxious presence in a completely anxious and torn up world. Wouldn't that be a great gift to everyone that you love? Because for 5,000 years of human history, we've pretty much demonstrated we want joy, we want peace, but we're terrible at finding it, aren't we? We're our own worst enemy at finding joy and peace. We say we want it, but then we make decisions that completely undermine our joy and peace along the way. So God in his mercy turns on the Christmas lights to say, here's the path of peace, walk in it. Here's the path of peace, follow it. My friends, I don't know what your year's been like. Maybe you've had a great year. Maybe you've had a miserable year. Maybe there's this heartache everywhere you look in every possible direction. God in his mercy shines the light from heaven. His name is Jesus. To show you the path of peace, shalom flourishing. That path is available to you no matter what's going on around you. He invites you into the paths of peace. And this morning, if you're the person who's like never given yourself to the path of peace, 
If you're a person who's never said yes to Jesus, to following Jesus into his path of peace, if you're a person who's given yourself to lots of other paths, the career path, the family path, all kinds of other paths out there, none of them, at the end of the day, bring the peace and the power that Jesus can and does. This morning, if you're a person not walking the path of Jesus' peace, welcome home. Lights on. Christmas is here. The path is lit up. Come and see Come and follow. Come and walk in the way of Jesus, the light of the world, the one who has come to guide us into the paths of peace. Today's wildly important take home. It's just the first one. God has turned on the Christmas lights that you and I might rise and walk in the paths of shalom. Time to wake up, rise, shine, give God the glory. All kinds of peacelessness in this world, all kinds of brokenness in this world. The invitation is for you and me to walk into knowing real peace. The light has come to offer us an off-ramp out of the world of crazy and into marvelous light, deeper center. Now here's the challenge, right? Many of us, almost all of us have some area of our life where peace is not what describes it, right? Almost all of us have some area of our life where things are hard, they're challenging, and many of us don't have control over those things, right? Many of us are like, man, this is just hard, and circumstances are hard, or my family's gone off the rails, or this medical stuff, or whatever. So, but my friends, here's the good news. You can walk in the peace available to you no matter what's happening around you. In what area do you need to intentionally follow Jesus to the path of peace? In what area? You don't have control over what's happening out there. You do have control over what you're walking and how you're walking it in the midst of what's happening out there. You have no control over the crazies. What you do have control is what path are you going to walk to as you navigate the crazies, as you deal with the crazies. Here's the good news. Jesus' path of peace is always open, even if the people around you and circumstances have closed it down on their own. The, the circumstances in your life cannot shut down the path of peace. Circumstances in your life, other people in your life can't close off the path of peace. They didn't open it to begin with. It's always open 24-7. Path of peace, always open 24-7. No one else has the power to shut it down. Jesus has created it, invented it, invites you to it. You can walk the path of peace no matter what's happening around you. So the invitation this morning is to wrestle with the question, where do I need to intentionally walk the path of peace, be an instrument of that peace, no matter what's going on around me? That's the invitation. Now for some of you, finally, the, uh, the invitation is to you personally. You've given yourself to other paths and you haven't given yourself to the Jesus path. And we're so glad you're here. Christmas lights are on. It's time to rise and walk in the path of Jesus. There's an invitation this morning to take your first or first time in a long time giving yourself to the path of peace that Jesus instituted. First time or first time in a long time to give yourself to the path of peace that Jesus has come to create. Come, meet the redeemer, meet the rescuer, meet the savior, meet the one who remembers you and puts all your pieces back together again. Come and walk in the paths of peace that Jesus has created, opened up for you. Come and know those paths of peace. Come and sit in those paths of peace. Come and give yourself to these paths. You're giving yourself to other paths. You're giving yourself already to other paths. Those things do not bear the same fruit that Jesus can. Come and discover the beauty, the wonder, the path of Jesus, who has come to invite you out of darkness into his marvelous light, to, to invite you into the shalom and the power of God. Come and say yes to Jesus, light of the world, who's come to lead us to his paths of peace. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, you are good and your mercies endure forever. Thank you for inviting us into these paths of peace. And I wanna pray for my friends here now today who feel the weight of all kinds of hard stuff going on around them, things they have no control over, no power over. 
Lord Jesus, would you meet them here now? And what I wanna do is I wanna give you just 30 seconds for you, if you're here in a place where peacelessness is all around you, I wanna invite you to offer yourself to Jesus and to pray about what does it mean for you to walk the path of peace even when there's all kinds of things pulling at you in other directions. Take a minute now to do business before the Lord. And if you're a person who has never walked this path of peace before, or it's been a long, long, long time, and you know that you've given yourself to other paths and chase after other things, if you're ready here this morning to give yourself the presence of walking in the way of Jesus, the path of shalom, the path of peace, if you're ready this morning to make that decision for the first time, I want you to simply say, yes, Jesus, to walking in his path of peace, to, to receive this gift of grace and to commit yourself to walking in it. Lord, so many other paths call our name. Give us eyes to see and a heart that trusts and loves your path of peace. This Christmas 2022, whatever's going on around us, will we walk the path that you've laid out in front of us? May we walk in that path. May it bear good fruit in our lives. May it give you blessing, honor, and glory. We pray in Jesus' strong and mighty name. Amen. Amen.